You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our spiritual journey to God. Hello and welcome to The Myth Pilgrim. This episode, we return to the Star Wars universe for the third time, and today, follow the journey of Anakin Skywalker's fall to try and discover how an innocent little boy who says, I'm a person and my name is Anakin, ends up saying, You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. To do so, I want to introduce you to St. Ignatius of Loyola's Discernment of Spirits. This is a priceless set of principles that helps us discern the difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the voice of the enemy, the devil, in our lives. And today, we'll be specifically focusing on the rules that help us fight temptation. Now, I can't assume everyone is familiar with the discernment of spirits, so before we have a closer look at Anakin's journey, here's a lightning-fast introduction to Ignatian discernment. St. Ignatius was a 16th century Spanish man whose legacy is significant indeed. Among many gifts he's given the church, including the founding of the Jesuits, Ignatius gave us this discernment of spirits, a set of 14 rules, or principles if you prefer that word, for Christians to use in their day-to-day life. Now, when Christians hear the word discernment, most automatically think it means uh, discernment as in discernment of God's will. And while Ignatius gave us principles for those too, this is not what is meant by the actual word discernment. For the word discern simply means to be able to tell the difference between something and something else, or to distinguish between a number of things. For example, a doctor needs to discern between the cancer cells and the good cells in order to administer the correct treatment. The correct action of the doctor is determined by his ability to firstly discern between the good cells and the bad cells. The appropriate action follows this discernment. So it goes with Christian discernment. The first thing we need to discern is not so much God's will, but to discern between the voice of the good spirit and the voice of the bad spirit. When Ignatius refers to the good spirit, he pretty much means Holy Spirit, while the bad spirit refers to the devil and his fallen angels. Having said that, Ignatius reminds us that the bad spirit can also be the values of our fallen world. For example, uh, the endless pursuit of wealth or popularity or beauty, or false beliefs we've picked up like, I'm worthless, or even, God must hate me now. While these values and thoughts may not come directly from the devil per se, they nevertheless act upon our wills like a spirit, and therefore constitute a bad spirit. Now, lived experience tells us that during the course of a single day, we are prompted by both the good spirit and the bad spirit, like the classical angel and devil on our shoulders. And here's the thing. The life of a Christian could be summarized as someone who cooperates with the voice of the good spirit and ignores the voice of the bad spirit. I'll repeat that. The Christian life consists of 
cooperating with the voice of the good spirit and ignoring the voice of the bad spirit. Sounds easy, right? Yes. And no, because the question is, how do we discern between the voice of the good spirit and the bad spirit? What are the signs that one is one and not the other? Here is where Ignatius's discernment of spirits comes in. They are guidelines that give us tips on how to distinguish between the good spirit and the bad spirit, and how to act accordingly once we know which spirit is prompting us. For us beginners, Ignatius actually gives us 14 rules in total. But using Anakin as our case study today, we are only going to explore four of these rules. We'll begin with rule one, a general introduction on how the bad spirit works, and then we'll progress to rules 12, 13, and 14, a set of three rules that teach us how to defend ourselves in the moment of temptation, the moment when the bad spirit is at work. For the sake of simplicity today, the voice of the bad spirit will be played by Emperor Palpatine. while the voice of the good spirit will be played by Anakin's master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. I know this is a little simplistic, but I trust it will be sufficient to draw out deep spiritual truths nevertheless. Because the story of Anakin Skywalker's rise and fall is sprawled across six episodes, I won't even try to summarise the whole story here. All you need to remember are two basic things. One, Anakin Skywalker is a gifted Jedi who falls to the dark side and becomes Darth Vader. And two, Anakin is secretly in love with Padme, and she with him, even though such an exclusive love is forbidden by the Jedi Code. Okay, with that in mind, let's begin. The first rule of discernment. Ignatius says this, For a person who is living in sin, quote, The enemy is ordinarily accustomed to propose apparent pleasures to them, leading them to imagine sensual delights and pleasures in order to hold them more and make them grow in their vices and sins. End quote. What does this mean? It means that if we expect the bad spirit to come to us as an obvious uh, little red devil with horns and a pitchfork, we are greatly mistaken. I mean, he can come across that way, but usually only when we're trying really hard to live a good and virtuous life. But... Ignatius' first rule reminds us that in the parts of our lives that are already caught up in sin, the bad spirit actually wants to feel like our friend. Consider that Anakin was already indulging in pride, resentment, and a secret love relationship with Padme before Palpatine arrives on the scene. But consider how Palpatine presents himself to Anakin. Fatherly, gentle, understanding, and the one who alone understood his potential. Your patience has paid off. Your guidance more than my patience. You don't need guidance, Anakin. In time, you will learn to trust your feelings. Then you will be invincible. In fact, if you didn't know the Star Wars story and only watched episodes 1 and 2, you could be mistaken to think that he was a good guy, and even preferable to Obi-Wan who Anakin often experienced as rather antagonistic. Come to your senses! What do you think Padme would do with she in your position? But note, this is why the bad spirit is so seductive. Scripture calls the devil the angel of light, whose false beauty seduces us and woos us. Thankfully though, there are a number of ways to recognise the bad spirit, no matter how good he makes us feel. Firstly, you can ask yourself, Is the voice consistent with what God has revealed to us in Jesus and in the scriptures? 
For example, if you know that lust is hurtful to God, is the voice whispering doubts like the serpent, suggesting instead, did God really say that about lust? Secondly, is the voice trying to suddenly deviate you from a decision or a position or even a vocation that you were once convicted to be God's will? For example, if last month you felt God called you to start a youth ministry and this month you suddenly feel like quitting, beware. St. Ignatius counsels that any sudden temptations to change directions is very often the bad spirit at work because the good spirit, by contrast, would work much more gently and respectfully. One of the most vivid illustrations of how Anakin failed in this regard was when Palpatine suddenly and urgently commands him to kill the disarmed Dooku, even without trial. Do it! Even though doing this violated Anakin's Jedi code and his conscience, he obeys the do it voice, and it all goes downhill from there. So, that was rule one of discernment of spirits in lightning speed. Now I want to move on to rules 12, 13 and 14 about how to defend yourself when you know you're being tempted by the bad spirit. As you'll see, if we take Emperor Palpatine as the symbol of the bad spirit, Anakin epic fails in all three of these rules. Rule 12 teaches us to stand firm at the beginning of any temptation. To do this at the beginning is very important. Ignatius tells us that the enemy is essentially a coward with a loud voice, and that if he is shown strength, he will flee like a scared rabbit. However, Ignatius also says, quote, If the person begins to be afraid and loses heart during temptation, there is no beast so fierce on the face of the earth as the enemy of human nature in following out his damnable intention with such growing malice. He goes on to suggest that the bad spirit acts like a spoilt child, or in the original pre-politically correct translation, a nagging woman. The meaning is the same though. The more you show weakness to a spoilt child, the louder and more dominant he gets. If on the other hand, as soon as the spoilt child begins to make demands, you immediately demonstrate your strength and resolve he will soon stop the racket. So it goes with the enemy and temptation. Give the enemy the tiniest foothold and suddenly he appears overwhelming. But if you say no immediately to temptation, as soon as it starts, he will flee. This principle is true, whether the temptation is something small, like the temptation to skip your daily prayer, or something more serious, like temptations to relapse into alcohol or drugs. Every deal you do with the devil is in his favour, and he will always win. So, as soon as we recognise the voice of the bad spirit, ignore him. Anakin, of course, exemplified how not to do this. There were many occasions where he should have been suspicious of Palpatine's voice, but the more he consented to his suggestions, the more Palpatine's influence grew. He gradually convinces Anakin to disobey Obi-Wan, then to disobey the Jedi Council, and then to be his spy on the Jedi Council, then introduces him to the teachings of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Then even convinces Anakin that if he turns to the dark side, he can save Padme from certain death. Alarm bells should have been ringing right from the start, but by the time Anakin slices off Mace Windu's arm, he is already a goner. 
even the pathetic voice of the shriveling Palpatine, I'm, I'm, I'm too weak, becomes overwhelming. But why was Anakin so dumb? The next rule, rule 13, might give us a clue. Rule 13 is a practical encouragement for us not to keep our struggles and sins in the dark, rather to bring them out into the light and to share them with people we trust. One of the chief ways the enemy pulls us away from God is to convince us that our sins are absolutely monstrous and therefore to hide them away from the world. In practical terms, this might mean that we spend a lot of energy trying to look like we've got it all together or even trying to appear holy before others. It might look like a refusal to make an honest confession in reconciliation. It might even mean denying that an addiction is destroying our lives, hiding this even from ourselves. Whatever it is, the enemy wants us to keep our deep dark secrets between ourselves and him, for while it stays there, his influence can grow. In Anakin's case, he found in Palpatine someone who not only knew about his hidden secret marriage with Padme, but who seemed to validate it too, and even offered to help him save her. Rather than convincing Anakin to turn to Obi-Wan and to honour his call to the Jedi Order, he preferred it remain as their little secret. Of course, we know that this little secret ultimately becomes the ruin of Anakin, whose entire value system becomes inverted to maintain it, leading him to even distrust the voice of Obi-Wan. Be mindful of your thoughts, Anakin, they betray you. You have made a commitment to the Jedi Order, a commitment not easily broken. It is counterintuitive that when we confess our sins and struggles to someone we trust, we greatly diminish the enemy's reign on our lives. Sure, the struggle might still be there to some degree, but we'll find that the enemy's hold on us is considerably weakened. For when that heavy, heavy mask is finally dropped, new options open up and new allies are recruited to help us in our struggle. We were never meant to face our demons alone like Anakin tried to do. Rather, God almost designed us to need one another, to back one another up and to support each other, just as the Jedi Knights do. If you're enjoying this episode of The Myth Pilgrim, do consider sharing it with your friends so that we can together encounter God veiled in our favourite tales. I'm always also open to your feedback and ideas too, so feel free to contact me on The Myth Pilgrim Facebook page or through the website at themythpilgrim.com. Cheers! Rule 14 for Ignatius goes something like this. Before laying siege to a castle, the attacking army captain carefully explores all the castle walls, and after identifying its weakest spot, concentrates all his firepower there. In other words, the enemy doesn't need to mount his hellish armies to see us crumble, he only needs to tap us in our weakest spot, and we'll collapse like a house of cards. A bit like how that tiny exhaust port in the Death Star became its undoing. What's your exhaust port? Your weak spot? Your, ver- your area of vulnerability? We all have them. For some of us, it could be that secret sin that we're harbouring away in Rule 13. For others, it could be an emotional wound all the way back from our childhood or schooling days that still triggers us today. For Anakin... His greatest weak spot was undoubtedly his pride. It was pride that made him first question the wisdom of Obi-Wan. It was pride that got his first arm cut off by Count Dooku. 
It was pride that prevented him from embracing the limitations of a Jedi Knight. And the Emperor? Well, the Emperor played right into Anakin's pride and fed it with sweet, seductive words. Ever since I've known you, you've been searching for a life greater than that of an ordinary Jedi. A life of significance, of conscience. Rather than calling him out on his pride, he fed it until Anakin turned inside out. But what could Anakin have done to prevent this attack on his weak spot? St. Ignatius counsels great self-knowledge. Self-knowledge to know our weak spots. But here's the thing. The growth in self-knowledge, the knowledge of our weak spots, cannot really take place in the middle of temptation, any more than a king can reinforce his walls during an actual siege. Rather, Ignatius counsels that this preparation must be done before an attack, and while the bad spirit isn't bombarding us. To use another Ignatian term, defence must be done during times of consolation, when we are being led by the good spirit and seeing reality correctly. Then, and only then, can we see ourselves honestly, and to then take practical steps to reinforce our weak spots. Okay, so here's a super quick summary of the four rules we've explored today. The first rule suggests that when a person is living in sin, the bad spirit appears consoling and gentle, while the good spirit can appear loud and disruptive. Then, the twelfth rule reminds us to resist temptation right at the beginning, because the enemy is a coward who flees when shown strength. The thirteenth rule reminds us that the enemy likes to work in the secret dark, and therefore Ignatius encourages us to bring our struggles to the light. And finally, the fourteenth rule reminds us that the enemy will always try and hit us in our weak spot, and therefore to work to strengthen that spot before the moment of temptation. Okay, so that's a lot of ground we've covered today. You know, I had a lot of difficulty fitting everything into today's episode because each individual rule deserves so much more attention, for its implications, as you can see, are ginormous. As the saying goes, 10 minutes of good discernment can save you 10 years of your life from making a bad decision at a bad time under the influence of a bad spirit. But the reverse is also true. If we learn to recognize the promptings of the good spirit, the Holy Spirit, and to cooperate with those promptings, we can live life full of confidence and freedom that we are doing God's will, even if all hell appears to break loose around us. And this is why, very sadly, I feel that the discernment of spirits is one of the most forgotten gems in the whole Christian spiritual life today. And this is partially because we've forgotten the Holy Spirit, period, and therefore are unable to recognize how he is active in our daily lives. Admittedly, we haven't paid as much attention to the Good Spirit in today's Anakin exploration, but I do encourage you to dive deeper into the discernment of spirits in your own time and to read up on Ignatius' other rules yourself. I highly recommend Timothy Gallagher's book, The Discernment of Spirits, it's purple, which I will leave a link to on the website. This has long been a staple read on this topic and is both very readable and very practical. I'm going to go as far as to say it's worth buying and making notes all over 
For a good discernment of spirits can literally change and even save one's life. For now, in the meantime, I've also created a nice summary of the 14 rules in a PDF format, which you can also download from the website. So yeah, you can probably guess that the practical pilgrim exercise today is to familiarize yourself with the discernment of spirits. As a start, you could pick one of the four rules we've explored today and see how they apply to your own life. I too will continue to pray for each of you, and do also pray for me too, your humble presenter, because even preparing this episode, I felt I was bombarded with lots of bad spirit moments, but thankfully I had the discernment of spirits at my disposal to help me act prudently. Okay, so yes, that's it. Until next time, dear pilgrim, journey forth, take care, and God bless. (laughs) 